Have you ever wondered to yourself what would be the best or worst pairing when it comes to romantic relationships in the Enneagram? Well, you're not alone. I have too. Even though I'm single, it has definitely crossed my mind. In fact, many times. Because what if I pick someone who's Enneagram type I just don't jive with? That would be the worst. And it makes me wonder if there is such a thing as pairings within the Enneagram that I should stay away from. Well, you're not because today we have Enneagram and relationship experts, Jeff and Beth McCord on the podcast to talk all things Enneagram. And you better believe it. I'm super excited. So whether you're single like myself and you're wondering if there's a certain type that would fit you better than another, or if you're in a relationship and you're trying to navigate how the person you love sees the world, you're going to hear firsthand how to have healthy relationships no matter what your Enneagram type. We even touch on how each type views relationships in business, especially when working together. If this is the first time you've ever heard of the Enneagram and you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about, then I would suggest going back to episode 49 and listening to Showing Up for Yourself, an Enneagram Journey with Beth McCord. And then come back to this one when you're done listening to that one. It's a great episode that touches on all nine personality types and gives an overview for anyone who might be at the beginning of their Enneagram discovery process. But if you're all in like myself, then get ready for a pretty fantastic episode with Beth and Jeff McCord. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Hey friend, I have a special treat in store for all of you Enneagram enthusiasts today. You know how much I love the Enneagram and that I talk about it all the time here on the Courage Cast. I think I pretty much mention it almost every episode. Well, about two years ago, I began my own Enneagram discovery process and came to the understanding of how I view the world as a one on the Enneagram, which is also referred to as the reformer or the perfectionist. Now, when I first came across the Enneagram typologies, I was completely sucked in because it finally gave me an understanding to why I am motivated to do certain things in my life. And not only that, but why my friends and families do the same. As I started to study about each of the types, I learned how to become a better friend based on the needs of each of the nine Enneagram types. It completely revolutionized my friendships as well as my relationships with my family. But even more so, I began to understand myself better. Around the time I was learning all things Enneagram, I invited Beth McCord onto the podcast and she explained how each of the types finds purpose in their lives. And to this day, it is still our most downloaded episode on the Courage Cast, which means people love this stuff and who can blame them. So when I found out that Beth and her husband, Jeff, had come out with a brand new course and book called Becoming Us, I knew I wanted to have them back on the show to talk about healthy relationships and how we can learn to love each other better. And I'll tell you what, our conversation far exceeded my expectations. Whether you're married or single, you will find this episode so encouraging when it comes to navigating relationships in your life. And towards the end of the podcast, we even start talking about how the Enneagram types view entrepreneurship and business. So you're going to want to listen all the way through to the very end. I'm thrilled to share with you my conversation with Beth and Jeff McCord. I am so, so excited. I mean, literally giddy. I'm looking at you guys right now from Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Beth McCord, my highest downloaded uh, episode on the Courage Cast and your husband, Jeff, Welcome to the Courage Cast. Yeah, thanks. We're so excited to be here. Thanks for having us. You have had quite the journey, which um, I have loved watching. I remember being part of one of your first workshops, online workshops with some friends of mine. We learned so much about the Enneagram. 
um, I became one of the um, one of those people who talk about it incessantly. I think I uh, say it on the podcast almost like every second episode we talk about the Enneagram. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny now because back then um, it wasn't something as well known when I first started. Right. And now almost everyone that is on this podcast, they say, oh, I'm an eight or, oh, I'm a three. It just becomes like this common language. Yes. So you guys are really making a huge difference in the world of like, uh, you know, just in just instructing people and giving them insight and educating on the Enneagram. So that's thank great. You. Yeah. I'm curious to hear what when you guys first did the discovering you as uh, as a group of friends, what were the benefits that you found? Well, you know what? It was interesting because we were all part of the same church community. And I think we were looking to see what it was like in kind of a leadership capacity. I think that was kind of our main um, real like reason why we were doing it. But I think what we found out was there was so much more to it that um, we all took had these takeaways. And um, and so it ended up spreading within that church community like wildfire shortly after because I think we got so energized by it and we learned so much that you know we couldn't stop talking about it and then of course four people talking about it multiply that keep going keep going keep going (laughs) and then of course you're hearing you know other friends in other cities are in their churches or in their communities are talking about it as well and then um but for myself I think personally I think uh what it did was it really opened me up to understanding why it is that I do the things I do or view the world the way I view it. Mm-hmm. And I think that over the course of time too, I've been able to see kind of like, well, there's this unhealthy version of what the one, which is what yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. And then there's the healthier version and I see where I was mm-hmm. and I see now where I am. And it's like, oh, that just gives me so much hope. Yes. Isn't it mm-hmm. great? I mean, and I think, you know, if we use it incorrectly, we can, definitely stay in modes of shame and self-condemnation fear but our hope at your Grand coach is to break from that and to see that there's hope there's transformation that we can experience forgiveness for ourselves and one another in new and fresh ways that really helps us to transform um in ways that either we didn't think were possible or we didn't know how to make it possible and mm. then when we do start experiencing that and we see like you did kind of looking back it's like oh man, this is awesome. Like I see this growth and I can still continue to grow. There's still even more hope to go. Yeah. And you described uh, what many people experience when they discover the Enneagram, mm-hmm. that one, it, the immediate categories and vocabulary explain things that you've been, didn't know how to name, but all of a sudden it's like, yes, that's it. And then number two, it gives you a glimpse of who you can become and then it just starts to spread because then you then the, I think the next layer of it is like, oh wow, this enneagram thing is not just another uh, personality tool. Where I mean, how do you become a better introvert, right? I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's just what you call. <laughs> this is much more dynamic, and there's so much more to learn. But the more you learn about it, the more transformation and life change, both personally and relationally. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm mean, just your testimony is the same as the thousand. I mean, we just. Uh, across a million people have taken our assessment. Wow. Crazy. Crazy. And that's global. I mean, it is, the Enneagram really is on fire right now. Yeah. Did you literally like have like a dance party in your house the moment you yeah, found it? That cool. <laughs> I think we were more in awe. Like yeah. I, Beth and I are not dancing people, but yeah. it was more like, sure. oh, wow, people think we're serious. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was really, it's just great to know that, because um, we're really committed to it not being this party game, mm-hmm. but we're really committed that people experience this life transformation that brings mm-hmm. them hope, but also helps their relationships, whether at home, work, you know, your church community, wherever it is, because that's going to change the globe, right? And so that's what we're serious about. And that's why we get excited when we see our products being used or teaching resources, all of that just really, yeah, it does get us pretty giddy. Yours is the assessment that I do send everyone to. Oh, yay. 
Yay. So whether it's friends, <laughs> yeah, whether it's friends or even my clients, a lot of the time I, I ask them, you know, have you taken the Enneagram yet? Or I just send them to directly to, I'm like, if the best way to get educated is just to head over to your Enneagram coach. Yeah, that's right. and, no, as Beth yeah. says often that the taking the assessment to find your specific Enneagram type, um, it is a guidepost. It's a, it's an initial step. Mm-hmm. Um, the good news is, is that actually our assessment is being researched as we speak to make sure that it is both reliable and valid so that it's a much more trustworthy. It's not just some internet game that's out there, Yeah, but it really does help people to do what it promises. Yeah. And I think also, like you said, I think there's a lot of times where you you do have to kind of read up on it and, you know, discern, is this, you know, my actual type and do I resonate with what it's saying? Because I've had a lot of, you know, friends who say, well, I thought I was this number, but after, you know, really researching it. Well, let me just give you two, and you'll put this in the show notes, but two things for people to keep in mind when they take any assessment um, is that it's a guiding post, like Jeff said. What you're wanting to do is find the type that has your core motivations. And the core motivations is the core fear, what you're running away from, your core desire, what you're striving for, hoping to obtain, your core weakness, which is also called the passion of the deadly sin. This is your Achilles heel, what you keep tripping upon time and time again. And then you have a core longing. This is what your heart has always longed to hear. And so you can go to yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash core motivations to get a free PDF download on all nine types core motivations. And so once you kind of take the test and you see some of your top scores, then get that free PDF and kind of look at them and say, well, which one really is my core motivations? Because the Enneagram is all about why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways, not what you do, but why you do it. Um, And then people who are stuck between two types or three types, you can get my free mistyping guide and that's at yourenneagramcoach.com forward slash mistypes. And that will just show them the difference between any two numbers. So they can go, oh, I thought I might be a nine or a two, but now I can clearly see I'm a whatever type, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to show you the biggest differences between two types that will really help people that get confused. That's amazing. You know, one of the ways that um, my we did it with my family, my parents and my brother, and um, my dad was unsure of what his number was. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways we actually helped him was we played the songs by sleeping at last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he heard the songs, it really actually was like, Oh, this is me. Yes. And, um, yeah. and if any, and I think the, the first one they came out was the one. And mm-hmm. I, as soon as it started and I heard it, I was like, this is something for a one. Yeah. And my dad's a nine. So he had to wait all the way till the end. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and you're a nine Beth. Yeah. And Jeff, what, what are you? Well, I'm the best number. So uh, I'm a six. <laughs> okay. I was like, I'm not even going to guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. So a lot of people do ask, uh, you know, what, who's the best, what's the best couple type or what's the best relationship? Or what's, what's the, the worst? Yeah, actually it presents itself first as, are, are we the worst couple type? Yeah. And no, there's no best number. There's no worst couple. It really is about two people in relationship who are healthy themselves. Mm-hmm. If two people are unhealthy themselves, it's going to be a hard relationship. But yeah, um, yeah there's no best type. And, you know, that is exactly what I was going to ask. But before even we get into kind of the types, I'd love to know, you know, you guys have been studying the Enneagram for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And from what I've heard that it has helped your marriage. So can you kind of take us on a little bit of uh, your own journey with the Enneagram? Yeah. So we started dating when we were 18 (laughs) and uh, almost 19. Or maybe I was 19. Anyway, we were really young. Um, And we really just thought, we are golden. Like we are going to be the ideal couple, you know, cause we thought a lot alike. We liked the same things. We wanted to do the same kind of career, which was being in Christian ministry. And so we just thought, you know, this is it. Like we're going to be the gift to the world. Right. I mean, of course all teenagers think this. And so about 15 months later, when Jeff just turned 20 and I was already 20, we got married. And anyone that's been married longer than a honeymoon knows that what felt like ballroom dancing is really the game twister. Like we were <laughs> playing over each other. It was just, it was crazy. Well, and we, I, I will say this, the funny little story on our second date, I almost 
proposed to Beth. Oh, wow. Um, and because I, I w- that's the first time we started to notice like there's, we work fundamentally different as a type nine and a type six. Mm-hmm. And so I came across as intense and passionate. She was like, whoa, well, slow and, you're, roll. <laughs> and for people that know the Enneagram will understand that you're the counter type to six, yeah. which looks more like an eight. So that's he right. is going down the highway at a hundred miles an hour, whereas I'm this little Fiat putt-putting at 30 on the service road. And, and 25 years later, yeah, we're still making it work. Well, <laughs> that's true in the sense like I, I may not have known I needed to get on that highway and to go for it, but as a nine, that's what I needed. So I, I really longed and needed what he could offer me, but there's a lot of times that frustrated me that's or right. scared me. It was like, whoa, hold on. Like what's happening here? Um, but I needed it. And he also needed someone to bring some calm and peace and assurance. And, you know, that's scary too, to slow it down when you're so used to revving it up. And so we've learned how to kind of meet in the middle. And sometimes it's a little faster, sometimes it's a little slower and it's never perfect, but we at least have learned how to have better communication and understanding grace and empathy for one another. And that's what we're really trying to help other couples to, or just relationships really um, have, whether it's workplace, parenting, et cetera. And Bethy, I'll add a few things to it. Um, early on when we found out in 2001 about the Enneagram, uh, I was slower to embrace it. Uh, I was uh, actually in seminary at the time and it wasn't that I wasn't interested, although some people will find that with someone they're in a relationship with who's resistant to personality tools. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be afraid. I mean, just continue to work out your own knowledge and application of the Enneagram because mm-hmm. it can change your relationship, even if the other person's not into it, but it probably took five years before I really jumped in. Yeah. And then I mistyped myself. Yep. I mean, the Enneagram Yoda here, Beth <laughs> knew what my type was. I didn't. Yeah. And then a few well, years I later, I can't. I, I did tell you, but I did leave you to your own demise. For- <laughs> As if I've not heard that before. Yes. You just listened to me, Beth. Bas- basically, that's a nice way of saying I was right. You were you're right. Let <laughs> it be recorded for the- forever <laughs> on the internet. That's right. So uh, I, I think for us, our story is very similar to a lot of people who have relationships, whether it be a child, a spouse, a coworker, uh, whatever relationship that really matters to you, uh, our experience of it has been the same. And it's taken a while even to learn how to use the Enneagram yeah. in a helpful way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because you can use it in really bad ways. We, we really plead with people, please don't use the Enneagram as a sword or a shield where belittling, harming, um, putting people down for their type or oh, your- Beth, you're just being a nine. Yeah. You know, stop being so emotionally lazy and mm-hmm. engage with me. Yeah. Um, like that, that's not going to help. That, no. And it doesn't I, I help promise you, it. after trying it for a while, that doesn't work. Well, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> Also not saying, well, I'm a nine, Jeff. Sometimes we procrastinate. You're just going to have to deal with it. Like yeah. that's not going to help relationships either. Nor is that even good for us, right? And so we want to learn how to grow and transform into the healthiest version of ourselves because we're going to experience joy in our life, but then others get to experience that with us. And here's the cool thing. If your spouse or kids or coworkers don't pick up the Enneagram, you can still experience transformation and they can also be blessed through it because the healthier you get, the more they're going to experience that through you. Now, they may not change, but you will have changed. And a lot of times when someone has changed in that way, it does have a ripple effect in a good way, but that's up to them. We can't change other people as much as we have tried. We Mm -hmm. can't change other people, but we can do our own work. I love that you say that because, you know, I'm, I'm a single woman, but you know, with my family, my parents, uh, they know a little bit about the Enneagram because we've talked about it, but like, they've not studied it like I have. So kind of like Beth, you know, I already knew what my parents' number was. My dad's a nine, my mom's a two. And I think for the years that I've kind of really understood the Enneagram more, it actually has given me so much more grace for them in different ways. And so I think that, like you said, you know, even though that person may not be kind of as far along on the journey with that as, as I am, I'm able to then go, oh, okay, I, I do understand why they do this now. Mm-hmm. And I can just kind of let it go. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's actually a very common response. And that's when you know you're using the Enneagram well. Oh, good. That, <laughs> when you come to that place, especially like with our parents, whether or not we're younger children or, you know, adult children of parents, whenever we see our parents for as people. Yeah. And now the Enneagram is number one, oh, I realize what you struggle with. Mm. And number two, I, I have kindness, I have compassion and grace for you mm -hmm. versus this kind of a suicide is what we call it, where we make uh, unhealthy or wrong uh, assumptions about someone's thoughts, feelings, or behaviors, and we take things personally. The Enneagram seems to help us to transcend it and see, okay, I get what you're struggling with here. Mm -hmm. So dad is a type nine. I, I see why you're kind of um, withdrawing whenever there's tension or the mm. mom who's inserting her presence to help, even when it's not wanted, when in the end, she's really wanting to be accepted yeah, she's fear, to be she's, appreciated. She's fearing rejection. Yeah. yeah. And that can be so helpful. Um, but yeah, it's funny, you know, here, even I'm your new grand coach and my parents, they know their types and they kind of know a little bit, but they don't even know it super well. Um, and I think that's pretty <laughs> common for our parents' generation. Um, but I can still understand them and yeah. give them that grace and that compassion. And then even work with my kids. You know, my mom's a type six and, you know, sixes are constantly looking for the negative outcomes that could happen or worst case scenarios to try to prevent them. Um, and that could be a really great thing. You know, we totally need people to see what could happen and to prepare the way for us. But then it also can be an unhealthy thing where it's all consuming. Well, my mom <laughs> worries a lot. And so like the other day um, when the tornado came through Nashville, I was up at three in the morning kind of watching, you know, it go about, you know, 30 minutes north of us. And I texted my mom at three in the morning, even though I didn't think she was probably awake yet. And just saying, hey, if you watch the news in the morning, I just want you to know I'm safe. Now she happened to be awake. So she texted me back like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I would have totally been worried. Um, now that doesn't mean that other moms wouldn't have been worried, but other moms from different types would have seen it from a different lens. They may have waited, they may have, you know, just texted, but I knew my mom and I knew what would have been loving to her. And that's what I was able to deliver for her. That is so what, like, I mean, what a nice gift, right. To have, you know, to be able to kind of anticipate yeah. what the, the need of someone else would be. As a type nine, I could, you know, nines are easily like, oh, it's fine. It's no big deal. Like it's all going to work out. And so I could easily do that to someone like my mom. But now that I understand how her mind works and what her fears are, which are different than mine, well, why not come alongside her and love her in the way she would want to receive it or she needs to receive it, not just the way that I would want to receive it. And so that is, I mean, that's how we constantly are thinking and doing things. And it's just like, for instance, and, we, and this is outside of the Enneagram, but I think it's a great way of thinking about it. Like the five love languages, you know, people want to receive love in different ways. Some women love to get flowers. I really don't because to me, it is a waste of money and actually gifts is the last on my list by far. And so, um, it, I would bring home flowers yeah. thinking like, this is going to be an this awesome This is going to be great. Flowers. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, thanks. And I'm thinking this is when we were super poor, like, okay, how much did that cost? You know, yeah. <laughs> if Jeff were to come home and say, Oh no, the, the best part was recently when you went to that women's small group oh, yeah. to discuss the Enneagram and they and gave her this, this beautiful, it was awesome. Uh, flower arrangement. And I was like, Oh, this is awesome. My husband's going to love this because he loves flowers. <laughs> But in all seriousness, like for him, he was trying to show me love and it just didn't land on me the way my heart wants to receive love. Now, if he were to come home and give me words of affirmation, oh man, my heart's going to sing. It's the same with the Enneagram. What does each type, what is their heart desiring? How do they see the world? What, how do they think, um, feel and behave? Why? And how can we come alongside them? So we really talk about it having different sunglass lenses different colors so you're wearing blue i'm purple jeff is orange and instead of saying oh, jeff you should see this is purple come on you know it's like oh wait hey let me see your lens let me look through those for a second and then it gives us that compassion understanding empathy for us to move towards that person in a way we never 
probably thought of or anticipated, um, which can really bring down walls and help relationships to grow closer together. It is interesting about affirmation early on in marriage, Beth really was begging for more affirmation. Mm -hmm. But the way that I just kind of presumptuously approached life was out of duty and responsibility. Which is mm -hmm. I'm just doing what I'm supposed mm -hmm. to do. I don't do it for recognition. I don't do it for affirmation. Mm -hmm. And so I would just look at her like, "What? why do you need me to say thank you for loading the dishwasher? I would have loaded it myself. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. somebody's got to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So why do you need me to say, good job, Beth? And for years, and then, but for me to understand how to love Beth well, the Enneagram was really helpful in that regard that she, her, she operates off a different fuel than I do. Well, yeah, um, nine, nines don't see themselves well. Like there's this big thick fog. And mm -hmm. so however we're perceiving others thinking of us is what we think of ourselves. So if I can't tell Jeff is happy or sad or angry or pleased or whatever, I might move towards the negative and think, well, I'm not good enough. Because if I was good enough, he would have said something well. And so that's why as a nine, I try to see myself through others' eyes. And that's what Ryan um, O'Neill's Song on the Nine talks about. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, perfectly you know, worded. And so that's where the affirmation for the nine comes from. It's not like, oh, boost me up so I have this ego. It's like, I can't even see myself. And, you know, am I loved? Am I, you know, does, does my presence matter? Um, and so that's really what I was looking for. Now I could have nuanced it like that back in those days, but now I'm like, oh, that's really where it was coming from. So my understanding of personality types now, Jeff is like, oh, you're not asking for affirmation for the same reasons, you know, I would or not. You have a very different reason for it. And I really need to come alongside you and support you for those same, for, the, for those very reasons. Mm -hmm. I'm interested, you know, I've been reading a lot about, you know, choosing partners in life and why people choose the partners that they do choose. Um, and often, you know, you hear that people are trying to um, redo something within their childhood. Yes. And, and so, you know, from the lens of, you know, some of the people, the authors or people on the podcast I'm listening to, they don't necessarily talk about it through the lens of the Enneagram. But from your perspective, do you see at all where people choose the types of their parents? Um, you know, that's a really good question. Um, so one of my uh, counseling professors uh, shared a book with me called Self Within Marriage. Uh, I wouldn't recommend necessarily buying the book. Uh, it's a really a dry marriage research book. But it did have a very provocative point uh, in it that they they would suggest that we were we marry people that help us to address character flaws in ourselves, um, and so we Beth uh, in my kind of anxious wound up racing mind helps to slow me down, and I help her to engage in life and take initiative. Now, what attracts you initially will frustrate you later because mm. you're dealing with a character flaw. And so that's where if what happens in, in according to this model is that what happens in relationships, if each partner stops to grow, the marriage stops growing because we're always aspiring to be a better person, which our spouse or partner, whoever in relationship embodies. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, some of what we deal with, we don't have the evidence of the parents types. If we did have that data, mm -hmm. uh, we might be able to correlate it. Um, but for now, just talking with couples, it's very easy to see why a type nine would marry a type eight or a type one or a type three. Um, why there's this theme of type twos marrying type fives. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you start to see, or type ones and type fours, we see that a lot, where you start to see these patterns and then through the lens of the Enneagram, particularly core motivations, you're like, I get it. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see what they were looking for. Uh, yeah, in and the there's 45 different couple type combinations in the Enneagram. So though I think what you're saying is a great question it would take a long time to do research and nuance that. But if I could sit with people and say, okay, well, what's your type? And so for instance, for you, type one, mm -hmm. with a type two and a type nine uh, 
parents. Well, on one side, your type nine uh, father, this is all me guessing, so you can definitely correct me. Yep. But as a type one child, the assurances, the encouragements, the softness, the receptiveness, uh, the grace probably really gave you a, a sense of peace and um, kind of like you felt cared for and nurtured. At the same time, you probably got a lot of frustration uh, because dad, let's go or, you know, get engaged or do more or um, you're, well, you're one's taking responsibility when parents don't. Yeah. You know, like seeing maybe a lack of initiative in some regards. And then for the type one or uh, for the type two parent, on some sense, the type twos love giving advice and that could land on a type one as potentially criticism or help, you know, it could be both. And so there could be like, oh, I did it wrong again, when that would probably never be the intent of the type two parent. They're trying to nurture, but for the type one kid, it could land on them in that way. So tell me if I'm wrong, but is that some similar aspects? Yes. And you know, what's interesting is as my parents have their, their marriage has, you know, they're, gosh, they've been married like 46 years. So, and they're still very much in love and they are very spunky, very spunky. <laughs> and, um, they, you know, it's interesting because my dad has taken on a lot of traits of my mom mm-hmm. and, and so, um, and he, he has become a lot more extroverted because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a lot of initiative in different ways. Um, that maybe would not be as typical to what the nine would be, but. Um, and also I'm a little bit more like that, you know, I have a lot more of an eight wing and so I can be a little bit more assertive in those regards. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, I I know for me, there have been times and I'm like, am I a six or am I a nine? (laughs) I I have embraced a lot of kind of the rhythm, Mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, what of living with a nine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm going to have a lot of people asking me this question about, you know, people wanting to get married, finding a spouse, mm-hmm. finding a partner. Um, how, how do you go about doing that? Um, when you're in the, in a dating relationship and you know, you are, you know, considering how does this person see the world and what do they value? And are they, you know, going to be someone who wants to grow? Now I know that that's a lot uh, of a loaded question, but you know, if you're dealing with people who are married, mm-hmm. you know, in the Enneagram, how do we deal with people who are single wanting to be married in yeah. the Enneagram? Well, I mean, so we did a course called Becoming Us, and it's a marriage course, and there are 45 courses with eight modules, so one for each couple type. And as we developed the content and then um, recorded the content, it was amazing for us to see that literally any couple type combination can be a dynamic couple type it is funny even when making the videos it would be like we're looking at them as an unhealthy couple and we're like i don't know if this could ever work Mm -hmm. but then when you see the the more virtuous healthy side of that couple type you're like oh no they're a gift to everybody around them (laughs) yeah for their unique ways and so you know we when we say what i'm going to say about couples we're not saying that just to be nice to everyone but, the, but what we do say is, if you're healthy, your relationship will be powerful and dynamic, no matter what couple type combination you are. If you are kind of on autopilot or unhealthy, it's going to have ramifications for yourselves and those around you. Mm-hmm. And so by you know staying focused on your own health and your own growth is going to transform yourself and that relationship. And so like people will come up to me and I've had several actually now, like someone will say, Oh, well, what about like a type eight and a type eight couple type? And I'm like, no, that's a dynamic couple type. I, and I let them know like, okay, we call them snowplows and <laughs> they're those big diesel snowplows, not the little ones. And when you have two powerful snowplows, they can clear a highway that can clear a highway. If they are unhealthy, then they are heading at each other. And okay, that makes sense. Super destructive, right? Mm-hmm. But just like, because you're up in Canada. Oh, we got snow plows. <laughs> you know what this is like. But when there's a foot of snow on the highway, they 
don't just put one snowplow out there. They put two, one just slightly behind the other on the next uh, lane. And they plow side by side and they knock that snow right off uh, the highway. That is what two healthy eights look like together, whether they're mm. married or coworkers. And so I want people to see that even if you're in your mind thinking, oh, that would be this powerful, you know, intense. I'm like, yeah, in a really good way when they're healthy. And so don't discount any of the types. Um, just realize it's all about health and growth in any other given type. So when you're out there dating, it's not like you come across a type and go, oh, I heard bad things about that type. <laughs> it can be absolutely amazing. Just make sure, is this person willing to grow, learn, see their faults and frailties, apologize, own up and move towards you with grace and compassion? Like, are they doing their work? Are they healthy? If they're not, that, I don't care what personality type they are, you need to move on to the next one that will do those things. I can remember early on, um, so I've been a pastor for the past 20 plus years, and it wasn't until last year that I stepped away to uh, work with Beth, but I remember asking a veteran pastor once, I was in a, uh, Beth's brother's wedding, as a matter of fact, and we were back behind the chancel, and I just asked him, is there ever a reason why you would marry someone? Uh, he was a veteran pastor, and he said, you know what, they don't understand their own story. And so what I would say to people who are uh, considering marriage or considering dating, um, don't waste your conflict. Conflict is the opportunity to understand, does this person, are they willing to see themselves for who they really are? And number two, are they willing to grow? Um, and even John Gottman, the you know, top American marriage researchers said that one of the things that differentiates a master at relationships versus disaster is their capacity to um, receive influence uh, from their partner. Really? And so there, there are, you know, that there's no two types that are wrong to be together. It really is much uh, more powerful than that, that uh, any two type can be an amazing couple. So what you're saying is if someone is like, cause I, I do get a lot of clients who they talk to me about, you know, I would like to do this within my life. And we're talking more about like, you know, living out their purpose and that kind of thing in coaching, but they'll say, you know, I'm in a marriage and I'm really frustrated and my husband's not doing this. Or, you know, sometimes I have, um, women who are, you know, in dating relationships and they're saying the same thing you're saying basically it's a lot easier for a person in a dating relationship to go, you know, this is not working. I think I'm going to move on. But yeah. for the married person, it's a little bit of a yeah, but scenario. Time, I would, you know, and here, here's my nine, like, okay, I'm going to say something really hard. That was it really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, but what I would challenge that person, whether they're dating or they're in a marriage or coworkers, you name it, whatever relationship it is, Take a look at yourself because mm-hmm. are you seeing the circumstance through your own lens and demanding, judging, and punishing others for not doing it the way you think it should be done? Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean you're necessarily wrong. It's have you taken the time to understand other perspectives, valid perspectives, and try to kind of learn from the other person to come alongside them versus at them. You know, as a nine, I think everyone should be kind and peaceable and sincere and let's just get along, you know, and not have any conflict. Well, that's, those are nice things, but that doesn't translate to all of life. But if I force that on everyone, it's just not going to work. You know, so if I'm in a relationship where someone is willing to call out what needs to call out, then I might get frustrated. Like, well, I just can't be in that relationship. How dare they just say what needs to be said, you know? Well, in some ways, no, that actually could be a good thing. And I'm seeing it through my own lens and demanding that they get rid of who they are. Does that make sense? Yes. Not this, this cut clear thing, like, well, if they're not doing it the way you want, you know, get rid of them. No, no, no. Are you healthy? Which means, are you able to see through all nine lenses, see it from a reality perspective, own your own stuff, but also see what others are struggling with and how to come alongside them. Now, the spouse may not care. They might do their own thing. But even with that, there is a lot that anyone can grow in. If it's a safe environment, right? We're not talking about unsafe relationships, but a safe environment to continue to learn and transform. I know Jeff 
in our relationship has always taken the lead in transformation. Like he'll be the first one to apologize. And then, you know, after a while, I was like, huh, maybe I should try that. You know, <laughs> it always took me a little bit longer than him, but he always grew in certain categories in our relationship way quicker than I did. And so by him just patiently doing his own work and me seeing it, over time, I would start to learn and grow alongside him. Now, he could have been like, you're not learning. Gosh, I'm out, right? And so that's why I just want to caution people not to just jump ship. That's not at all what we're talking about. It's doing our own personal work and praying for those that are around us that they too would grow and that that relationship would grow. Mm -hmm. You said something really interesting that I'd love for you to even expand on if possible. You said seeing through all of the other lenses. Yeah. How do we do that? Yeah. Well, the nines do it pretty seamlessly. Okay. <laughs> but sometimes that's... That was like a humble brag. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. And I'll own that. Um, but that also is an Achilles heel for a nine. So on one side, we can see through everyone's lens. The hard part about that is then we merge with everyone instead of like staying in our own space and standing up for ourselves or asserting ourselves. So that's the work we have to do. But when you are able to look through everyone else's lens, you can see that there are valid ways of seeing the world, interpreting it and then reacting to it. Not that it's valid in the sense like it's right, it could have been wrong, but the way they saw it and interpreted it, of course the outcome was this, if they aren't doing well or if they're doing well. And so that's where one, learning your own personality type and why you do what you do and all the nuances that come with that for your type is super important for your own personal growth. But it's also important to learn about all the other nine types. Now, you do not need to master it like some of us love to do. But mm -hmm. if you take the time to take off your lens and go, okay, I'm in a relationship with a type one and they're being a little insistent or prickly, or they really want me to be on this, you know, then, okay, well, let me take off my lens for a second and let me see where they're coming from and why this is so important to them. And it just gives me time to pause. It allows me time to ask clarifying questions instead of committing a suicide. And it gives them the opportunity to clarify their heart so that I can hear them more accurately than versus through my lens. Does that make sense? Mm, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell a brief little story. Um, this was an incident that I had with my son um, that illustrates this. Um, so my son is also a type six. So in one sense, we're very familiar with one another. We're not the same person. You got to think colors at Sherman Williams. There may be blue, but there's a thousand shades of blue, right? So right. we're different people, even though we're the same number. Well, um, he ha being inspired by kind of our entrepreneurial success, when he went to college, he wanted to create a side hustle. And he had noticed that his sister did some photography and uh, students would uh, pay other students to take pictures so that they could have better pictures on Instagram. So he wanted to go to school to do this. Well, his type six dad, who's kind of looking at the world, like accounting for all the things that could potentially happen, um, mostly bad, but some good, and we'll call it to be a, an honest look at what could happen as Beth looks down and laughs. <laughs> she calls it pessimism. I call it reality. Yes. Um, and so he's like, he shares with us what he's wanting to do. And I just share as a father trying to guide my son. A genuine love. A genuine love. I'm offering the best of what I am, mm -hmm. what I think I am to my son. Mm -hmm. He starts to cry. And this is and one of those. he's not a crier. He's not a crier. And, and this is one of those moments that is a father and son, like that you remember for the rest of your life. I remember mm -hmm. the time that I was really hurt by my dad and, he didn't respond well. So I, I knew that we were in a significant moment. And he says to me, I've never wanted to say this to you. I'm like, oh boy, here, here, wow. <laughs> here we go. I'm bracing myself right and now. Right. And he says, dad, um, I already know all the problems of doing it. But then whenever I ask you and you tell me even more, it really crushes my heart. Mm. I'm like, ugh. But one, knowing my type, he's totally right. He's not telling me anything new. That's just what a six brings to the world. So I know, he knows, we all know that dad can be a little pessimistic at times. So 
one, I'm free to just say, you're exactly right, Nate. I'm so sorry. And I'm able to understand that he's seeing it particularly through the lens of his type, that it's, I'm adding on to something that's already happening in his life and it's overwhelming to him. And so this difference of opinion actually became an opportunity for he and I to connect. And so I would, if let's say Beth were to come to me, which it is part of our story Mm -hmm. um, of starting your Enneagram coach, a spouse can go to another spouse, say, I'm thinking about doing something that's kind of risky. Mm -hmm. And then ask them, how does that land on you? What fears does that bring up versus I'm going to do this and I know that you're going to tell me these things and all of a sudden you're already into the argument and it hasn't even happened yet because you're just presuming you know the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors of your spouse and predicting them. Um, But that always leads to harm in the relationship. But simply ask the open-ended questions. I'm curious about doing this in life. I would love you to support me, but I'd also want to know what, what comes up in you whenever I even address the topic Mm -hmm. and build on what's happening, how you're experiencing it together uh, versus doing it at the expense of one another. And how can your two types come alongside each other and, and spur you on to even becoming a a better version of yourself or a better version of your relationship? Meaning like that same conversation with you and Nate, if Nate was a six and his dad was a seven, like my dad, would have been a totally different conversation. My dad would have been like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. You can totally do it. And then giving like even more outlandish ideas, right? Or my dad or his dad could have been a type one and, you know, very methodical and we have to think this through and do it just right if you're going to do it. You know, so no matter what type you're dealing with, that's why I talk about putting it on someone else's lens because you want to understand where they're coming from in a sense to then also let it land on your heart in a, in a way that you guys can actually interact with actually more reality than can mm-hmm. suicide. You know, I, I'm so glad that the conversation took this, like went in this direction because it is something that I have often thought about when people are, you know, trying something new, they're going on an entrepreneurial journey, whether it's one person or both, you know, then go on it and wondering like what is it like for one partner that's like trying to put themselves out there and the other person's like you know I just need security I need you know to know that we're going to be okay and the other person's just kind of like trying um was that something that you guys had to deal with mm-hmm. yourselves in this <laughs> like, I mean we're still dealing yeah with you're that. still dealing with it have you ever felt like your dreams are bigger than you are so big in fact that they feel completely out of reach Maybe you want to travel the world and become a freelancer, or you want to write a best-selling book. Maybe you want to find a life partner, or you just desperately want to leave your nine to five and become an entrepreneur. But there's a massive obstacle standing in your way, fear. It could be that you're afraid that your idea isn't good enough, that others are doing it so much better than you are. Perhaps you feel like you're not good enough or you don't deserve to have the life you want. I completely understand. And I can actually say that because I was there too. It wasn't that long ago. In my heart, I knew that I could help other women pursue their dreams and I could encourage and support them every step of the way. But for some reason, I could not believe it for myself. So instead of taking steps towards my dream, I pushed it aside for fear of being disappointed. Call it insecurity, doubt, fear, call it whatever you want. At the end of the day, it's not a lack of skill, talent, or resources that will keep you from accomplishing your dream. It will be your lack of belief in yourself. My issue was that I thought I was confident. On the outside, I appeared to be, and no one would have believed me if I told them I wasn't. But on the inside, I honestly felt like I didn't deserve to have what I wanted. It took me a long time to finally step into my own power. I worked for several years on overcoming my own limiting beliefs so that I could accomplish my dreams. And now I want to share with you what I've learned along the way. So if you're ready to finally step into your power, 
then I wanna invite you to join me for a free five-day challenge to transform your mindset. But I'm gonna tell you what this is not. It is not a quick fix for your confidence. This is not a five-step how-to, and it is definitely not for you if you're not ready to actually implement these changes. But this is what you can expect. You'll gain the confidence you need to take control of your life. You will gain assurance you need to make the right decisions for yourself. You'll become more hopeful and optimistic for the future, and you will see progress in areas that have been dormant and you'll have certainty about what you have to offer the world. So for five days, starting March 29th, we are going to dismantle the lies that you've been believing about yourself. When you join, you'll get access to a private Facebook group where we can share what we're learning. I will be popping in daily on a Facebook Live, and together we're gonna challenge and encourage each other to get real about our lives. So make sure you sign up at andreacrisp.ca forward slash challenge. The nine wants to hide. The nine doesn't think their presence and their voice matters. So I have to learn to remind myself that my voice and my presence matters and that it will bless others and myself when I do that. That takes a lot of strength and courage for me to get moving. Now understand to you, for your listeners, Mm Uh, we certify Enneagram coaches, and we have now over 700, probably close to 800 coaches in 20 different countries. Awesome. And Beth just said, I wonder if people respect my voice. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it. I still think about it today. And so, but Jeff, his struggle is very different than mine. It is. That's right. I mean, there, there are times that Beth... So I was an executive pastor, and so I, I kind of ran the organization. And Beth would want to merge or mesh with me and let me be the face of the company or let me determine what the yeah, trajectory Yeah, I would even the say, oh, they want to hear from you more than me. And so it, and it would be tempting for me to say, sure, I'll do it because I'm used to doing it versus no, I'm going to be your advocate. Now, so even at this moment, so we're now... Um, we're, we're thinking about starting a podcast. And so we had to buy some equipment and, and now it's kind of decision time. And I've been so scared. I've been putting it off for months, wondering if I can get the technology right, if I can get the room right, we're going to do video, audio, yada, 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 all the different ways that this is going to go wrong. And best like, we're going to be fine. Yeah. We like, know how to do, do this. It. Let's go. It's, like, it's going to be great. So we yeah. are sitting at microphones <laughs> in a computer right now that had Beth not been affirming and positive, I wouldn't have been able to get through all the head trash mm. for us just to sit down with microphones but and talk to each other. If you had not thought through all of the things that could go wrong, but also all the things that we need to plan and prepare for the company and to make moves, we wouldn't be where we are today. That's right. And so on one side, yeah, we can be together our own Achilles heel yeah, and we can harm each other and our business if we're not mindful and careful of our own struggles as a couple. But yeah. We also can be this really warm and engaging and dynamic couple for others if we are at our healthiest as well. So constantly it's a day-to-day task to remind ourselves of who we are individually, mm. but who we are as a couple but don't get us wrong like this is literally a daily struggle like this isn't like oh we've got it made guys like yeah literally we're constantly thinking through what is our head trash what is tripping us up but then also supporting each other like oh yeah i totally see why as a six you would struggle with that or he would say oh i totally see why as a but as a nine that you would struggle with that but that's just not true beth your voice does matter so being each other's advocates is so important the enneagram is helpful in the sense that if you are entrepreneurial you will bring a certain pattern of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that have that will be tempting for you to, to, to trip you up uh, mm-hmm. as you are pursuing whatever it is. And I mean, we've experienced tremendous success, but those little voices and dynamics are right there mm-hmm. at any moment. And it's not just because we're we're partners in business, but we're partners in life. But this would be the same if you had, you know, if you were partners you know, but not married, you know, in your yeah. or your coworkers or your employees. That's right. These are all dynamics that we work with our team as well. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when we have a team meeting, we're very aware of all the types that are there. And when an issue comes up, how will that land on each of their types? And how can we, um, you know, offer it in a way that doesn't trigger them or trip them up, but also how can we support them and encourage them in a way that they would want to be encouraged, not just mm. how I want to be encouraged. So this helps in all relationships. So there's one thing that I think would be helpful for everyone is if you can kind of hold or contain the idea, um, it could be helpful for any relationship. But if you go to becomingus.com, there's something called the free personalized marriage plan. And what we've done is that we've put together a six-page summary of when each couple type is healthy or unhealthy as it relates to spirituality, uh, family of origin, communication, conflict, and becoming their best selves together. Now, although we framed it in the context of marriage, really the only thing that we're speaking to is two Enneagram types in relationship. So the same principles apply for whether it's a child and parent, whether it's siblings, friends, uh, teammates. So even though the lens is marriage, the dynamics are the same for any relationship. That's a free download that anyone can uh, go and grab. Okay, we're going to put that. We're going to, I love this whole, how it transcends relationships completely. Like it's, it's, and I, and I love how you've brought into it, even just kind of the work aspect, you know, cause you guys are partners Mm -hmm. in business and then you are partners in life as well. And, and that has transitioned as you started your Enneagram coach and, you know, going from full-time pastoring and into, you know, into the business full-time too, I, I'm sure would, you know, just be another whole dynamic in itself. Like, you yes, know, because yes, all of a sudden he's there way more often too. Yes, yes, he is literally right across the hall and I'm upstairs 24 <laughs> seven. But, um, but even that, you know, everything that we do, we have to think, how is our heart thinking about this? How mm. is it landing on me and how's it landing on them? And how can we talk and work through this? in a way that is more seamless, but also realizing this is life and it's hard and it can get messy at times. And, you know, we're gonna win some and sometimes we're gonna have, you know, struggles, but if we're continually trying to grow, that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. No, that's beautiful. I am so excited that you guys are gonna start a podcast. Yay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, I'm definitely gonna be putting it, I'm gonna be subscribing to that as soon as yeah. it comes out, whatever it is, whatever it's called. Your um, coach podcast. Okay. <laughs> very simple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. I'm really excited because you guys do such amazing work with people, um, both, you know, training coaches and also helping people discover their own type and being in relationship to one another, like you're covering all the bases and yet you're doing it in a way that really is helpful, um, is faith-based. If people are looking at, you know, how do I do that in, in a spiritual context, you know, it's also faith-based and, and you can learn so much about your own faith and in relation to that other person and how they view um, their faith walk as well. So it's so amazing. I am so thankful, uh, number one, that I've gotten to see your journey firsthand, up close and personal, (laughs) as you've grown this business and as you've grown this ministry to people and empowering others, I feel blessed myself. So thank you so much for being here um, and for just being a guest on the Courage Cast. Oh, it's our joy. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the invitation. And Jeff, you're awesome. So (laughs) I'm so glad you're part of this. (laughs) I'm biased and I think so. (laughs) Okay, that was super fun. One of my big takeaways from this episode is that we can have amazing relationships with any of the Enneagram types, as long as both individuals are operating out of a healthy awareness of themselves and others. And as a single woman, I've often wondered what that would be like in terms of marriage, but it's also really encouraging to know that these pairings cross over into friendship, into dating, business partnership, as well as within marriage. And if you're interested in knowing more about each of the 45 relationship types within the Enneagram, then make sure to check out the links that are provided within the show notes. We'll also give you information on specific courses and coach training as well if you want to check them out. We'd love for you to use our affiliate link. I want to thank Beth and Jeff for being guests on the Courage Cast. Personally, I get so much out of our conversations 
and I trust that you find it helpful for your life as well. Make sure you follow your Enneagram coach on Instagram. And while you're over there, connect with me personally at at Miss Crispy or at the dot courage cast. I hope you'll join us again next week for another incredible guest. One of my all time favorite podcasts is the unravel with Brady tubes. You may realize that I have begun to question my own faith journey and deconstructing some of the thoughts that I have believed for a lot of years. And it's been a wild journey and also a really exciting one. But one of the podcasts that I have been listening to that has been so cathartic for me is called The Unravel. And next week, I'll be sharing my conversation with the host, Brady Toops. We talk about spirituality, our connection to one another, how to navigate deconstruction of faith, especially when it comes to business. And Brady even flips the script on me and asks me a few questions about my own life. So you're going to want to make sure to tune in for that episode as well. Thanks for being with me today. I'm sending you so much love. Until next time, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Cast, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Krillick.